0: Okay, well, welcome everybody to the Flashpoint Podcast. My name is Alan Higgins. I am your host. Um, And uh, those of you uh, who may have been listening uh, last week will remember that uh, this Tuesday was supposed to be Ari Drennan to talk about lives of TikTok and Boston Children's Hospital. And next week was supposed to be MK Anderson to talk about J.K. Rowling's uh, bad book, but uh, due to a health issue with Ari, so we've, we've, we've flipped those, and MK was kind enough to agree to come on a week early. So thank you for that MK. Um, and we are going to be talking about JK. Rowling's new book, uh, which is entitled "The Ink Black Heart." Uh, so I'll just give like a, a, a bit of an overview here. Obviously everyone knows, I'm sure who J.K. Rowling is, author of the Harry Potter books, um, who has kind of torpedoed. What reputation she had obviously those books have some uh issues but uh she torpedoed what uh you know reputation she she had left uh by just being a a virulent transphobe and just kind of going further and further to the right in just about the, the worst ways that you could over the past uh four or five plus years so uh this tilt to the right especially her transphobia um has come with some pretty intense criticism, most of it online, most of it on Twitter, uh, and that has been bothering her for quite some time, as, as I think that we can tell by this latest book. So this is a... Uh, the Ink Black Heart is uh, written under her Robert Galbraith pseudonym. So this is, like, what she uses when she's writing... You know, mystery novels, basically. These are kind of adult mystery novels. And in this one, uh, very basically, and MK will get more into the plot here, but uh, I I believe it's it's a popular uh, cartoonist harassed and killed because of uh, some transphobia and racism. And uh, then there's like this murder mystery. And uh, Nathan Robinson of Current Affairs uh, posted some screenshots from this book online, and uh, it is just some of the laziest shit I have ever seen. Uh, <laughs> it's just like page after page of just like these really lazy like tweets. The thing runs like over a thousand pages, uh, or I, I believe it does anyway. Yeah, a 1,024 pages. Uh, it looks like, you know, a, a, a good amount of those are just taken up uh, with, with these kind of fake tweets. Uh, it, and honestly, like, again, I haven't read it. MK has. That's why MK's on. I I don't really want to read it so I won't um but uh the you know it, it, really I think like that's just it, it's just very like it, it just proves I think that she just has something that she really needs to like prove to people right and she's just really angry about how she's been treated because really got to understand like this woman was uh uh, basically treated like royalty, I realize that's kind of funny to say right now, but uh, uh, you know treated like a real major celebrity for so long for and and for so long and now uh, her her reputation has just is just in in the toilet uh, deservedly so and and I think that she's angry about that and that is understandable obviously nobody likes for the reputation to uh, to be destroyed whether or not it's by their own actions or not and so this book kind of strikes me as like an an, an expression of, of anger about that and frustration and like she's trying to like prove how her critics are wrong but mk you know uh, obviously you've been reading this book so you know a lot more about it um so i guess <laughs> that's kind of a good like intro there if you want to kind of explain you know what it's been like to read this book
1: it's it's not been pleasant like so it's the to give you an idea, there are four chapters in the prologue. Yeah, the
0: that's prologue yeah, that's four, usually a good
1: sign. Yeah, no, like <laughs> it's kind of received wisdom at this point that that no prologue is better than any prologue. I think in fiction, and. I don't know. Like, I, I of course, I'm. I want to eventually dig into like the political messaging and like the the twisted psychology <laughs> that that made this book happen, but it's hard to get there because that's the plot, and the plot doesn't start for maybe 150 pages.
0: <laughs> uh. Right, right. So, like, so, so there are obviously some technical issues, right, with with how this thing is put together.
1: Oh my god! Yeah. Okay. Um, so, like you know the old adage, like. But actually, actually, out. you know what? But,
0: but before we get to that, actually, sure. like I, I kind of gave my impression of J.K. Rowling. I gave kind of my take. Do you want to kind of give your take of her? Um, okay. in, in in as much as it might differ, because I know, I mean, I think that especially people, if if we're gonna be talking about your interpretation of the book, probably good to have kind of your interpretation of Rowling first, because that you know, with a with a writer like her, with car- the with, with somebody who's a public figure like her. Uh, it's, it, it's, especially when she's writing something like this, it's really impossible to divorce the two. So, yeah. Um, so let's, let's just go back to that first. Maybe, maybe if you could just kind of explain that and then, and then we can get into the book itself.
1: I see her as, um, I think anger is too healthy a way to put it. She's not angry. She's snide. Like she's very, um, like everything for me about Rowling can be seen as like, whenever there's a bad character in the book, there's something physically wrong with them. There's some sort of mark of degeneracy. Like in the first chapter, um, like one of the characters has been, you know, unfortunately sexually assaulted. He's got like a patch of vitiligo on his ear. Like, so there's like this, This physical mark always of somebody who's really evil in Rowling's work. And that's And also but also
0: Harry Potter had a physical mark though, too.
1: It's true, but he was sort of scarred. He he wasn't he wasn't a degenerate, if you see what I mean. He was heroically hurt. But he wasn't
0: it wasn't like It wasn't it wasn't a like quote unquote defect.
1: Exactly. It was it was a thing that happened to him that made him special, rather than sort of an inward corruption, sort of pushing out out from the outside. So, yeah, like there's there's this very like her work is shot through with this sense that there are superior good people, and then there are these degenerates, and I, th- I think it's actually really interesting that you said that you know Harry Potter was marked so is Cormoran Strike he's lost a leg but and that
0: that's and that's, and that's like the main detective right
1: yeah um he's he's one legged and um he's uh he's definitely posed there there are disabled people in this book like the main uh, harassers of you know the, the 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 woman who's murdered um they are disabled like uh, like they've got like um the the illnesses listed are like chronic fatigue syndrome and, and 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 an illness called POTS which is basically you like fall down a lot you you pass out very easily
0: right because the other thing is that the the character is not only transphobic but also ableist right
1: yeah i yeah i mean there's there's this Well, the book doesn't concede that she's ableist, (laughs) of course, but there's definitely an ableism. Like if you read it as like a a reasonable human being, I think the text of this is, is of course, ableist. And of course, the person portrayed is is a little bit ableist in some ways, sort of casually ableist. But but Rowling is very snide about the idea that ableism is even a thing.
0: (laughs) Right, right, of course.
1: Yeah and and of course Cormoran and Strike read somebody talking about how making posts about um gosh it's really striking that that there is a um this disabled person makes posts about how you don't need to be productive you're expected to be productive under capitalism and i don't want you to make that a core part of your identity because it can be so toxic and this is presented as crazy <laughs> um she also likes posts you can use adaptive equipment if your doctor doesn't prescribe it to you that is okay which is just yeah of course like and the nuts thing for me about it is the person she's written that has this has pots which again is is something that makes you if you're just walking in the grocery you can just fall over of course if your doctor doesn't prescribe you like a helmet or, or 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 a scooter you can Use either of those. What are you supposed to just fall over <laughs> because somebody with a different disability is like, well, I think that's a little soft. Like, what?
0: You... Right. I mean, it it does. <laughs> it kind of does speak to like her very specific like style of conservatism. Right. This like, um, it, it. Rowling has always kind of struck me as somebody who really thinks that you know, it, it, everybody's always complaining too much and nobody's like working hard. Like she has that kind of like vibe to her uh kind of i mean and this is like uh, beyond like the uh, like the venomous transphobia that she's that she's become a part of now but like that like it's it is a very kind of uh uh kind of bootstrap mentality that she has probably unsurprising considering kind of her background
1: yeah well i mean let's let's be clear she grew up in a very privileged background
0: uh (laughs)
1: she uh right,
0: right but that's not the myth that she tells
1: oh no no the, the myth she she tells is and, and you know i support that that she did this in fact in, in the uk there's there's like grants that you can get for being an artist so she took that grant to go be an artist and because it was not a lot of money you know she was also on food stamps which good for her i am fully supportive of there being grants to support artists um and obviously you know it paid off for them. It resulted in Harry Potter, you know, the UK economy. You know, if you want to make a capitalist argument for doing that, you can. But just in terms of like, of course we should support artists. But the fact is, she got that grant from being a very privileged person with a great education uh, who, who could put together a grant proposal and could write very well because she was educated. So there's like, I don't know, there's, there's a little bit of a difference between being a starving artist because, because you're an artist and you come from nothing and you're starving and, and, and then choosing to make career decisions, which require you to make some sacrifices. At least in right, my- Right,
0: right. But, but but it does track with like that, with, with the same mentality, right? Because for for her, like making those decisions- uh, is is like an indication of her her strength of character, right? And and that's right. something that these characters that we're talking about don't have. And I think that that kind of like uh, uh, speaks a little bit to kind of and, and uh, just talking about Rowling herself, like th- like that is kind of the way that her um, I guess I guess you could call politics, almost like I mean maybe beliefs yeah. is a better term for it, but like that is the way that that stuff manifests in a lot of her work. Um, yeah. Not only in this, but also in Harry Potter.
1: Yeah, and like I, I always like I more and more as she's gotten older. Like she she did this very uncharitable, and I, and I don't think it should necessarily not be uncharitable. Of it. Like the Dursleys from Harry Potter are like a caricature of Tories, like these sort of dismal, unimaginative, you know, very middle class people, um, and that it, it just as she gets older that's you baby <laughs> like that's who you are
0: right but then but then but and so obviously uh i've read all of these books um so yeah. i'm, I'm uh, but um so this is gonna be a little dorky but uh like later on in the books you find out that like the mother has magic as well right so it's like yeah. so even even like even as time goes on she kind of like softens that a little bit
1: yeah yeah. And I mean, I suppose that's sort of the point of the Harry Potter books is that the the things you thought were good and evil are a little more complicated than that. Like if there's a message to Harry Potter, it's, you know, definitely that these institutions that you thought were black and white are a little bit gray. These people who you thought were black and white are a little bit gray, which ends up, I don't know, on some level, it's that's one way to look at it. But on I, I don't think she handles it well. Like, of course, Sean did that entire video, you know, completely dismantling her. And we don't necessarily have to rehash that. But of course, oh, no. yeah, but she's but yeah, her politics are, are very bad. And I think moral as a moral person, just as a moral being, she's not particularly sophisticated, I would say. So so what do you, what she, do you mean
0: by that? Can, can you explain that a little bit more?
1: You know, it like like I say, like. Uh, Hermione is this is is sort of gently poked because she thinks slavery is bad.
0: Oh right, yeah, yeah, like,
1: like that sort of thing. It's just she's not, and I think that that moral simplicity is in the in the current book as well. Like just sort of, you've got good cripples and you've got bad cripples.
0: <laughs> it's you know who yeah, are yeah. There's the, there's like a line, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, like there's there's sort of it's it's just like. Everybody who critiques this, this writer who's eventually murdered, there's only one person who isn't just a grotesque caricature and that person ends up being a pedophile. All
0: right. Yeah. So let's get into the book. Let's, uh, let's, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, like you said, it has four prologues. Once we actually start going with the story, um, we have, uh, so does this, is the cartoonist murdered outright or do we get to know the cartoonist first?
1: Oh, we get to know her. Uh, you know, she's, we, we, we sit in her head for a while. Um, yeah, we get, we get to see her reading and reacting to, you know, the online harassment campaign. And it's just, I've gotten about halfway through, so I can't talk too, too much about it. But like, in fairness to me, that that's like 600 pages.
0: Right. And how much of it is like this kind of like knockoff tweets thing?
1: A lot. It's a lot. It, like it's divided between, okay. The the knockoff tweet stuff is sort of, it's just boring. It's boring. There's, there's, you know, we've, we don't, it doesn't really advance the plot much. And like you have Cormor and Strike who's, who's our detective. Like he'll sit down and, and he comes across as like 70 years old. Like at one point he says, um, He knew this was a DM, which is, you know, which is a way that people would privately message each other. Like, this is aimed directly at, like, a 70-year-old person. And the detective is, like, 35 or 40.
0: Right. That's <laughs> just not realistic. It's, it's not, not realistic. I mean, a lot of 70-year-olds know what a DM is, too. Like- exactly.
1: And it's like, well, he's not very online. It's like, well... People who are not very online who are 35 still know what a freaking DM is because they, you know what I mean? They're not 70. They're not, like, not that there's anything wrong with being 70, but there's a certain amount of, of technological literacy that even kind of the Luddites our age have.
0: Um, right. They understand what it is through, the, like, through, through, through whichever way that they've interacted with online spaces. Nobody under the age of, Fifty really like mm-hmm. doesn't understand like these very basic things, but like, but okay, let's just say like maybe that's for exposition. Um, yeah, you know, uh, but it, it, so so we're going through this thing. So uh and and there are these tweets. So what kind of like a, like quote unquote abuse is is rallying like putting in these people's uh, mouths? Because oh, obviously, like, like... obviously, she's the stand-in for the cartoonists, right? Obviously, right. the people who who are yelling at the cartoonists in the book are stand-ins for the people who uh, are mean to her. So what is the kind of the, the tone of what they're saying and, and and what's the what's the general gist of it?
1: Well, the, I mean, the, interestingly the the thing she has decided to to make them primarily accuse them of is ableism, which is not which is not a um, which is not something that Rowling has been accused of all that much. Now, yeah, <laughs> She's she picked a new fight, Uh but and it's it's weird because like you know here's the online disability community just minding its business and here comes Rowling to to just talk a massive shit, but
0: or to yeah. just kind of use them as a stand-in because she doesn't really care. exactly She's just like whatever.
1: Yeah, but but clearly she she did some research and clearly she finds uh, them and I suppose us because I'm disabled. I'm not sure I'm part of this community, but, um, I certainly have disabilities and I'm aware of this community and it's just, it's just nasty and snide and it's unnecessary. Like, why would you pick on people who are not having a good time? But, uh, but yeah, um, some of there, there's, there's some passing references to like, like it's a cartoon about a worm, like a web series about a worm and because it's her- hermaph- hermaphroditic, this is supposed to be, you know, transphobic. When, when you know, I'm also like non-binary. If there were a popular her- hermaphroditic worm, that would be our mascot. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> just, sure. she's she's just like she's just presenting these people as insane and and oversensitive. And you know, to some extent, like I'm I'm like an older millennial. I'm I got kind of an edgy ear. There, there's there are times when I'm like, oh, these kids are a little bit sensitive, or when I think people wrap their their personal beefs in social justice to make their personal dislikes into something that everybody has to care about. Like that, that definitely happens. But that would require a sharper critique than than Rowling is making, which is these cripples are nuts. Is basically what she's saying.
0: Right, and and the projection there is to say like my critics are nuts. Right? Exactly. Like, those, like those are the two things. Like, so that's what she's basically saying. So um, yeah, my
1: cripples are nuts or pedophiles. Those are the, t- not my, cri- not, my critics are nuts or pedophiles. That, that's yeah, the headline. Those are the two
0: options. That's the binary yeah. for, for JK Rowling when it comes to her critics. Yeah. Like, and, like and insane I, or pedophiles.
1: Like it, and like the thing that people could accuse us of doing here is pretending that fiction necessarily reflects the views of the author. And that's, the thing is that, like, this is so obviously a stand-in. This is so obviously meant to, to to draw from, like, the whole thing falls apart entirely if you're not aware of who J.K. Rowling is, I think.
0: Like the um, entire plot?
1: Yeah, I think, I, I mean, just in terms of, like, there's just no reason to read this thing otherwise. We're, I think we're meant to know. Like, I'm sure it stands alone, but but in terms of, like, the marketing campaign, in terms of why you would read this, the fact that J.K. Rowling wrote this is why, period. And it just becomes even less of an interesting book. And it's not an interesting book to start with, if you don't know her. Like, this is, I don't know if you've read Pale Fire, which is by Nabokov, which is about an author being interpreted by his, his craziest fan basically. And that's a masterpiece. It's an incredible book. This is JK Rowling's pale fire and it's just done so much worse in a way.
0: Is it, is it that she's lazy or, or, or is it that it's just, I mean, because that's been my impression, but maybe that's, maybe that's not a fair uh, impression of it. I mean, or, or is it just that it's just not, well done
1: it i get the impression this is somebody who hasn't had to listen to an editor like she just hasn't like or, or even just a critic this is not somebody who's sort of like life sort of is is sort of a millstone that can sort of sharpen us or you know a whetstone that can sharpen us sometimes through struggle And this is somebody who has, has been without that and has just sort of blunted over many years. Like there's like, if I, if I want to get into the craft of this thing, like if I just focus on the first chapter, which is bizarre, um, it's two characters having dinner, um, the, 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 the main, the main detective and his partner, uh, Robin. So Cormoran Strike and Robin are having this, this romantic, quasi romantic dinner they have been attracted to each other for six books and the tension of this chapter is supposed to be are is are these two people who have wanted to fuck for six books gonna fuck and the answer is no i'm just going to tell you that right now they're definitely not, not gonna fuck but we're supposed to we're supposed to feel some kind of tension and it's just not there especially since she spends so much time in exposition explaining that they have not fucked yet so it's just it's it's just weird and um she describes like the way she lets us know that Cormoran is interested in Robin is that he looks at her boobs which is maybe just the bluntest like least interesting way to to describe it um later in the book she 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 explains that Cormoran strike is very attractive to women and the way she does that is she she says he's one-legged overweight and has a head covered in pubes she uses pubes Uh,
0: very Hot, hot
1: very hot and the thing is she doesn't spend any time trying to make us see what anybody would find attractive about this person like she just sort of tells us he's attractive and then says he has a head covered with pubes and it's like she understands sort of intellectually that there's there's definitely a phenomenon of people who are not conventionally attractive it may even be ugly but who who are are magnetic like that's very much a thing and and yeah she understands it's interesting but she doesn't want to do any of the work letting us see what that is, because that would be work, and she doesn't want to do that. And she doesn't like. She has paragraphs and paragraphs telling us about like the distant family of these people, just rattling off names, which you know. Just like her, these
0: random characters or, or main characters.
1: Yeah, random characters. Random like we we hear about this this guy's ex wife's mother. A little bit, and it's just not interesting. Like it's sort of like how in Harry Potter you had people and people and people name dropped. Well, those were wizards. These are just people from like fucking Surrey or something. Right,
0: right, <laughs> like, right. So it's like yeah.
1: who who gives a shit? Why are we talking about like the fact that everything is very summarized and there's no focus on what information is important or isn't important makes it very hard to follow in some ways, and it also makes it longer. Like, if, if you asked me to write this, this, to find the plot in these four prologues, if you just had one 800-page scene, like, really, you could do it in 800 page, where you felt where you sort of deeply inhabited these characters, where you saw Robin desiring Cormoran, and you saw her him desiring her instead of like just sort of saying he looked at her boobs. Like you could do it so much more economically. So the fact that that everything is summarized sort of par- paradoxically makes it much longer.
0: No, I get that. You know, it, it's it's um, and I definitely do not want to derail this conversation by talking about this so i'm just going to mention it really quickly but it does remind me of like george r R. martin between books four and five like you said uh you know she just stopped listening to her editor and like that's like a perfect example of it right like his most recent and probably last book of the game of thrones series very obvious he just stopped listening to his editor uh he just stopped caring and like a lot of the things you're talking about i feel like you could say about him although you know not the uh not the transphobia, and not, I, I don't think that he's as lazy as what we're talking about here. But there is, like, the same sense of just, like, kind of just stopping listening to your editor and just writing whatever you want, and that's not always, like, the best. Actually, I would argue it's never the best idea yeah. for a writer to do. Like, you should always listen to an editor. So, um, you know, I I, I want to get into a little bit of, like, you know, I, I know that we talked about this uh, a bit, but... Um, You know this kind of her projecting and you said that there you know there's really no reason for this book to exist if you take it out of the context of it being jk rowling writing this book um and you know she's certainly been at the center of a lot of online controversy uh over the past uh you know five or ten years with with her views um and has been the subject of a lot of abuse. I don't think that anybody would deny that. Um, you know, she, she's, she's a major public figure and the internet can be a cesspool and you know, uh-huh. people can say some pretty horrific shit, obviously. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not exactly like a blameless situation where she's just, you know, the innocent victim of this and, you know, is, is not also, you know, saying abusive things to other people. And so I'm interested to, you know, what you think of that and what you think about, you know, this book is kind of her catharsis almost like her expression of, you know, uh, okay, we'll just kind of, um, well, uh, you know, I'll I'll be able to get this, get these feelings out and, and get this anger out and then make people feel bad about the way that they treated me.
1: Yeah. Like, like I say, I think you're being almost too charitable. It feels like the way everybody in the book is treated who isn't on her side is these are clowns. These are, are fucking pathetic clowns. It's disdain. It's not like self-pity. This is somebody who is very self-assured in her own superiority and very comfortable mocking the little people who would dare, you know, (laughs) like, I just don't get a sense that this is a person who is, particularly deeply wounded by, uh, what has happened here. And I'm not sure why she should be, you know, they're like, of course people say horrible things to her, but you know, she's in a castle around. you know, she's got a security detail. She's got a fucking moat. Like <laughs> she's not, I don't think she's, she's ever feared for her life or anything like that. And thank goodness, because you know, it, it's, it's terrible to, to be afraid at the end of the day, I just don't think she is. Um, she's, I don't know.
0: Well, disdain is an interesting word, right? Like, what do do you mean by that? that, Like, you mean that she's just like, she's like haughtily dismissive or do you? Oh Yeah.
1: I mean, there's disgust there too. It's more disgust and haughtily dismissive and just this self-assurance, like, like I say, these, these, these disabled people in the book, they are, they're ridiculous. Everybody is sort of ridiculous. And, you know, th- this is partially a crutch of Rowling's is everybody who is not, you know, everybody's a cartoon character in a Rowling book, except for the good guys who are, who are teenagers, <laughs> honestly, right, even or the 70, adult teenagers. Or both. Yeah. Te- yeah. 70 year old teenagers you know, concerned about their crushes and trying to work a computer. (laughs) So it's, it's just, but yeah, everybody is just sort of introduced by their big old nose or being very fat or their patch of vitiligo or, 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 you know, being a person with allergies who, who comically raises uh, bird allergies, who comically raises parrots. Like it's, it's sort of cartoonish. Um, which, by well, the way, kind of, so, so yeah. I'm
0: sorry. So, so there's a person with bird allergies who raises a parrot.
1: Yeah, who raises parrots for subsistence. Like they breed parrots.
0: I mean, I think I think that obviously, like what she's saying there is she just doesn't really buy that people have allergies, really.
1: Well, I, I mean, I that it,
0: appears to be like the like the underline of what she's saying there, right?
1: I mean, it, it's it's more it's I I don't know. There's I think. Um, from my experience with dealing with people who are deeply ableist, a lot of the times they believe that either these people are faking on some level or that they're doing some kind of self-harm like, you know, the kind of person who genuinely has parrot allergies and who in order to sort of suffer uh, more because they enjoy suffering because they enjoy the intention of suffering, you know, breeds parrots for a living. Like that sort of, Yeah. It, it like for attention, like uh, what's it called? Like Munchausens,
0: Munch like that house. sort. Yeah yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. She she sort of sees that, but yeah, everybody's everybody's just a fucking cartoon character. So I I just don't get the like I always maybe Rowling does feel sorry for herself, but I always see it as even online as sanctimony is how it comes out. Um. She she always positions herself sort of above people, um, even when she she released her essay on on um, transness, which you know unfortunately uh, helped shaped how trans men are spoken about and and non binary people who were who were uh, assigned female at birth. There's a sort of you know oh I don't hate them I feel sorry for them like you know I just pity these poor deluded women. Don't you know? And you know, Rowling knows so much better. Like it's just kind of patronizing, deeply patronizing, and a lot of people are are fooled and think it's compassion, and it's not. It's it's so nasty.
0: I mean, what, like one question that I've kind of always had is like, where where was she radicalized? Right? Like, where? Like, how did that? Like, where did this come from? Like, well, know, like, she, like she went from being like relatively, like, um, at least you know, from from my impression, relatively inoffensive, uh, children's book author to like, you know, like like spouting off like, uh, pretty offensive transphobic. And I realized this kind of came up as 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 Britain kind of became turf island. But mm-hmm. you know, it, it it like, how did this happen in the first place?
1: Well, from the evidence, she's been liking sort of transphobic tweets on and off for for, for a while. And and trans people kind of raise the alarm on that. Um, Just if I were to speak generally, and I think this also applies to people like Single, if you are a person who wants to to never have to do the work, but wants to be reassured that you have done the work, that you're very intellectual, that you're very uh, progressive, fascism will actually provide that for you it'll it'll provide you a list of degenerates who you can look down upon for the rest of your life so if that's your drug if you want to look down on people you know fascism will will feed you disabled people or or trans people or other minorities and tell you you've already done the work by existing um if you you know as yourself as the superior being um If you want my theory on it, and this is probably uncharitable, Rowling genuinely did have a very difficult childhood with a misogynist dad. And she was, if I understand, married to an abusive misogynist um, later in life. And it seems to me that Rowling internalized a lot of that hatred toward women and has sort of started venting it. You know, in in a kind of traumatized way at a at a more vulnerable class of woman, and and that's probably unfair. And and I, I some I often really dislike psychoanalytic you know approaches to these public figures that can be very you know trying to to search their wounds for what made them this way, and maybe they're just fascists. maybe they're just you know arrogant. But it, to me. I think the tragedy of j k Rowling if you want me to be sympathetic to her at all is that she became her dad that's just what I see in yeah. her
0: that's i mean that's a really that's that's a it's a really interesting way to put it that she became her dad although i, I think that i i mean you've convinced me the way that we've the, the the way that you've kind of walked me down the path there like i like i'm 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 convinced of that i i think that i mean it it one thing that's undeniable, I think, is that as she has uh, become, you know, more and more radicalized uh, in, in her transphobia and in her just general right-wing tilt, although I kind of call her, you know, uh, probably not quite a Tory still, but but <laughs> close. Um, but, you know, like, like as she's been kind of radicalized to hate is, oh, and also uh, one of the person in the chat says sounds like a page turner I'm assuming that's sarcastic because we were talking about the endless uh, tweets at that point um, <laughs> but uh, you know is that she has really done like actual harm with her platform by by you know by promoting uh, this bigotry and this um, and this hatred and, and introducing uh, other people to it and I think that you know that's kind of where my sympathy ends like I always try when I'm, you know, not always, but like when I'm in, you know, when I'm when I'm doing work like this, uh, you know, either doing the podcast or 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 writing something where I'm trying to be at least somewhat objective. Like I try to take the most charitable view possible, um, but with somebody like rallying, also like somebody like single, as you mentioned, like last time that uh, that I think you were on, we talked about him and, and also mm-hmm. like other other bigots like that. Is that you know like the sympathy only goes so far right like because because ultimately what they're doing is they are actively going out of their way uh to harm other people and always go, like it, almost always going out of their way to actively harm uh people who are in either uh just generally marginalized communities or in specifically marginalized communities that they are able to look down on yeah and and, and, and I yeah. think
1: growling is is especially um dangerous because a lot of the people who she endorses uh like one of her good friends you know somebody who she she's probably multiple of them but one specific i'm thinking of um who she's praised effusively talked about you know what a what a pleasant wonderful place kiwi farms is how it's perfectly fine the other day and and Rowling has repeatedly endorsed this person like kiwi farms was a cesspool kiwi farms was a place that had on every page like i'm not exaggerating some kind of slur on it some kind of of often racial slur uh some kind of transphobic slur um and and like just the fact that there's this this place just plastered with the n word that people were saying no it was a fine place it was a good place for for like what are you doing the 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 fact is that I think transphobia right now is one of the most radicalizing to fascism uh, bigotries there is simply because you have these people who are, because, as they get more radicalized, as they hate trans, trans people more and more, are willing to swallow poison in order to consume more transphobia and are willing to say, no, this place that had the N-word plastered everywhere was fine. And then Rowling, you know, who is probably, who is not, is, is sort of still pretending to be a moderate, is pointing to them and saying, go check out their work. So it's it's nasty.
0: Right. She doesn't have to, like, directly endorse um, everything that they're saying in order to push people uh, toward them uh, to, 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 uh to listen to them and, and to find out what they're saying. And I think that, you know, uh, talking about Kiwi farms will be like a whole other yeah. episode, but, um, and and dangerous you know, one. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, I think that's a good, that's, that's a good analogy. And I think that that's a, a good point to say that, you know, that that is, is what Rowling has done. Um, I will say that, uh, if, if anybody wants to call in with any comments about Rowling or the book or whatever, please feel free, just hit the old plus sign there. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, just while we're while we're still talking here about Rowling and and this book, um, I did want to mention that I think uh, have you read her uh, the rest of her Galbraith books, or is this the first one that you've read? Or
1: this is the first one I've read. Um, yeah, it's I I, I haven't seen all, like they, they just haven't been that remarkable.
0: As far as I sure. I, I I think I think that a trans woman was like the murderer in one of them though, right? Like didn't she didn't Yeah, that she... that rings a bell. That
1: yeah. that's that's sort of a venerable like I don't know how like, of course she's a transphobe but there's sort of a weird like what she's writing are thrillers, frankly, detective thrillers. Although very poor ones because thrillers usually are supposed to have just a bigger dose of horror and she's not a horror writer by any means. But anyway. Thrillers have these this the, this tradition, at least from since the '70s, um, maybe before even of of a trans killer. Like even before um, Silence of the Lambs, you had Psycho, um, the the uh, Carol Jordan and Doctor Tony Hill series, which Rowling, um cribs from just sort of like she she owes she owes the writer of that royalties like she's just fully cribbed that everything from it and done it worse um had as its first book a killer with a you know a trans killer that was the twist it's just a tired trope that she's sort of picked up again um and it's like it's almost hard for me to like blame her for it because it's just such so fucking omnipresent.
0: <laughs> that well, it just sense. goes back to the laziness that we were talking about. Right? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's just incredibly lazy. And of course, I, I don't want to downplay the transphobia. It's bad, but but it's almost equally lazy and hateful.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that, you know, I mean, you could definitely make a case, right, that, um, that one of the reasons that uh, trans... Uh, Trans killers, right, are like have have traditionally been a trope in 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 mysteries. Is that you know, like uh, in in less open times, or, or 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 however you want to put it, right? Like you know, like the idea of like, oh, it seemed like a woman, but it was really a man. Like that was like actually mm-hmm. like you know something, you know something surprising. But at this point, yeah, it's just it's it's just laziness. It's just yeah. it's just pure laziness. Like and and it's also. I think it's also like, uh, and and this goes to what you were saying. It's it's just it's just cruel
1: mm-hmm. because
0: because it's not like it, 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 there's now there's like intent behind it, right? Like you could argue before that there wasn't really intent behind it. Now there is. Like I don't think you can deny that there's intent behind it. So like, oh, yeah. So what's but the you, point? Like you already yeah. know that this is like, uh, you know, uh, either offensive or hurtful or 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 dangerous or all three uh so so why right and 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 I don't think that she would really have a good answer for that or really like uh any of her defenders would other than to say that you you know you're overreacting or whatever
1: yeah like um like the trope sort of comes from from Psycho which was heavily based on Ed Gein who wasn't trans and didn't like there were rumors that he uh was a cross-dresser and he wasn't it was just sort of Weirdly mimetic that he was somehow, but then it sort of ended up influencing a lot of um, fiction later. Um, I will say that "Silence of the Lambs," which, which is transphobic, because it draws on a lot of the tropes, it sort of tried to correct course. Like there's a line in the um, there's a line in the movie saying that, that this guy is not trans. Um, this killer is not trans. And then the book actually has a significant subplot going into this person is not trans. Um, so he really tried, he, the, the, in it, he's he sort of like, I want to use these tropes, but I understand this is a problem. So I'm going to try and undo that, which didn't work, but it there was an attempt. <laughs> This was like from 1987 or something, 1985, and then Rowling comes out with a book in like t- like 20, 30 years later, that's like, no, nah, they're trans, they're definitely trans. <laughs> like,
0: right, right, and 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 again, like like we've said like multiple times, it's just lazy.
1: It's lazy, and it's like less progressive than a book from 1985. <laughs> It's just clownish
0: really really does take uh an, an, an effort to get to that point it um, does uh yeah you know i i think that um silence of the lambs is a good is is obviously well i think that, that's that one's probably been talked to death but um you know a uh uh certainly a transphobic movie but it is and i didn't i didn't realize that the book had tried i i have trouble reading harris i don't yeah. Really care for his writing, um, but uh, like, it's not to say that I don't think he's a good writer. It just doesn't work for me. Um, yeah,
1: like I, I mean, I'm like... a, I'm I'm a I'm like weirdly a fan of it. Like I, I think Silence of the Lambs is maybe my favorite movie, despite it being very problematic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's um. Don't get me on a Silence of the Lambs tangent. I'll, <laughs> I'll all right, all right. About... Well, yeah, we'll... Yeah.
0: we'll... We'll, we'll cut it there. You know, uh, actually, let's. Um, I think um, un- unless there's much more to say, I feel like we've kind of taught. Talk- I mean, this is the problem with sure. Rowling: is she's she's boring, and so like, <laughs> you know, like there's not really much more to say. Um, yeah. Any any parting thoughts here, just about the book, Rowling, uh, just the general themes.
1: Yeah, no, just just the fact that it's it's actually very frustrating to me that she's such a poor writer because obviously I'm motivated to say that. And I worry people will not believe me. It's like, Oh, you're just jealous. You're just jealous of this person as a failed writer. And it's like, no, you have to believe me. It's so bad.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Her, her books have not aged well. I would, I would uh, recommend people. If you want to read a British uh, thriller, um, find, find something by Reginald Hill, uh, who is a great writer. And and has written a great series of books. He's he's dead now, but uh, that are yeah, set in England. Uh, there are go a lot ahead. of great English mystery writers.
1: Yeah, just go go read anybody, anybody else. Uh, is JG Ballard English? I think he is.
0: Yeah, there's like there's there, there are a lot to choose from. Uh, don't don't take Rowling. Uh, so MK, where where can people find you and find your and find your stuff?
1: Um, you can find me at uh, these underscore qualia at uh, twitter dot com and uh, qualia redux on uh, YouTube where I do video essays
0: yes I've been checking those out those have been pretty entertaining for sure um, I like uh, I, I think you I think you tweeted the other day that um, that it, it, like you weren't like quote unquote supposed to keep switching subjects, but you just find so many different subjects interesting. And, um, yeah. I, I, uh, much prefer to, to the, 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 diversity of views rather than just to kind of watch the same thing over and over again.
1: Um, I appreciate it. So, Thank you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so thanks everybody, uh, for joining us. Um, if you are listening live or on replay on the in app, please, uh, be sure to like, sub- follow, subscribe, do all of that stuff. If you're listening on replay on Spotify, Google, or Apple podcast, uh, do all of the differently named follow, subscribe, like stuff on there. Uh, we will see you guys in two days, uh, at again, at 10 p.m. Eastern with Brian Meyer from Telesur. We'll be talking about the upcoming Brazilian election. Again, thank you, MK, so much for for joining us. Really appreciate it. Uh, glad to have you again. It's been a and- pleasure. Yep and and we'll see you guys later bye